Hi, everyone. Before we start the podcast today, I wanted to preface this episode by letting you know that we will not be talking about COVID-19 today as a disease. Instead, we wanted to devote our full discussion to the transformative impact of digital health, which began well before the pandemic, and of course will continue well after it abates. We have a full episode on how Cleveland Clinic and hospitals around the world have responded to COVID-19, which we encourage you to check out. All right, thanks and hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to Caring for Tomorrow, a podcast series from the Washington Post, Brand Studio, and Cleveland Clinic that explores the changes, challenges, shifts, and solutions that are defining the future of healthcare. We will examine some of the issues facing the system, as well as the advances that are transforming it for the better. Along the way, you will hear how leaders in healthcare, like Cleveland Clinic, are using innovation to improve patient care for people everywhere. Hi, this is Joan London. I am a journalist and author and health and wellness advocate, so I am so happy to be here today as your host and moderator. In today's episode on digital health, we will talk with two experts in the healthcare field. Treating an illness has traditionally required a trip to the doctor's office. Not anymore. Advanced technologies have enabled what's known as digital health, which allows patients to access healthcare services remotely through digital devices. We'll discuss the benefits of this approach, which include increased access to care for more patients and also the optimization of staff distribution and resources. My guests today include Dr. Ido Schoenberg, Chairman and CEO of Amwell, formerly known as American Well, and Dr. Peter Rasmussen, Medical Director of Distance Health at Cleveland Clinic. And welcome, doctors, to the show. Ido, maybe you want to start us off since your company is partnering with different medical institutions and now this exciting new venture with Cleveland Clinic as exactly what is digital health? So digital health encompasses all the way the technology can help regular care, brick and mortar, trusted care, to be infinitely more effective and available to improve clinical and uh, financial uh, outcomes. It's also called telehealth. It's Digital called health telehealth. is a little broader than telehealth. Okay, telehealth is mostly about the visits between providers and consumers. Digital health is all the interventions yeah. that encompass the new, the new change. We can do so much by connecting data uh, and processes. It's time for technology to help improve outcomes. So I would suggest digital health includes the way the technology can help collect much more information from our bodies. Is that kind of the end goal, the mission, to really be able to kind of monitor people so that if something bad is happening, which they wouldn't really be aware of, that you get them in for care? It's much, much bigger than that. The entire healthcare experience is going to change in every step of the experience. So the first step is that healthcare is going to be proactive and not reactive. There are a lot of ways to actually capture things that deserve an intervention by measuring many things that people even don't notice in their daily life. So we're going to have much more information and it's going to be continuous and it's going to be infinitely more proactive. So, for instance, you may have a blood pressure cuff at home where you record your own blood pressure and you can now transmit that information to us. That is information we haven't had before 
information coming from you in your home that we now can change the way we're practicing a medicine. So instead of just having a set body of information at that moment in time when you were visiting your doctor, we now have a longitudinal view of your entire health record. And we can think about things differently, bring different information to bear, and we can see patients in different points in time and different points in space. These devices all can paint a picture of you as a patient that can be transmitted uh, to a health facility like Cleveland Clinic, and we can review that data for you, or even in the future, we'll have AI or machine learning that will be analyzing this data as it comes in in real time, and hopefully we'll have some predictive models uh, when we can intervene, and you may receive automated alerts to when things may be going poorly for you or heading in the poor direction, or we could have alerts on our end and then we could reach out to you. So these are definitely real possibilities that really only are one or two years away. Everybody's going to ask, does this mean that this, you know, the, the doctor's visit is obsolete? Uh, it, it does mean you'll be seeing your doctor or your provider or your nurse. So we have different ways of doing that, right? So many of us already call our doctor for relatively minor complaints and we talk on our phone. That's a form of digital medicine. But certainly we now have integrated over the past six or seven years at the Cleveland Clinic the use of video visits with our patients. So we can see them uh, wherever the patient is. I personally do these types of visits and I interact with patients in their home or when they're at work uh, or even in their car. Sometimes they'll pull over to the side of the road and we'll have a visit and a conversation. And then that can be augmented by the data that's been transmitted to me or is resonant in our healthcare information databases. I think the way I think about it is that I don't want a patient or a consumer to come to Cleveland Clinic unless something needs to pierce the skin. That might be a blood draw or an imaging study or an operation. But if that doesn't need to happen, there really, in my opinion, is no reason for you to actually come into the facility. I think all of that care can be delivered virtually or, or through uh, connected digital means. It's important to know that digital health is not a robo-doctor. It does not replace healthcare. It's a very effective tool to augment the people that we know and trust and healthcare is still a very human profession, and it requires a hybrid solution between actual brick and mortar, very humane personal touch, and all the good stuff that technology can offer. I imagine there are certain populations which will benefit from this the most. And as you say, people who might have said, I just don't have the time, I can't take the time, I can't afford to take the time off work, so I'll just wait until I get really sick and then I'll go. There's no question about it. There's a large number of different types of patient populations that like digital health. A great example of this is a patient with Parkinson's disease. So imagine that you have difficulty uh, walking at all, and then the thought of actually traveling in winter, in the cold, on icy sidewalks to go and visit your physician is frankly dangerous uh, for the patient to do that. The risk of fall is very, very high. And by coupling the care of that patient with a video visit, as an example, the uh, movement disorders neurologist, the specialist can actually see the patient in their home environment, which is a much more meaningful assessment of how they're doing from a movement standpoint. They have a greater opportunity to interview more family members and how the patient's doing. And it saves time and they, for the patient and it can be safer and they can have more frequent visits than if they had the barriers of actually traveling to see that physician. So they have an opportunity to fine tune their treatment regimen much more quickly and effectively than through traditional means. The same example applies toward uh, patients with diabetes. Uh, there's very little 
that can't be done in terms of most diabetes management. They can't be done remotely or digitally. Of course, they need some in-person visits each year with the ophthalmologist and the podiatrist. But otherwise, visiting with the physician really can just be done digitally. This is a very, very exciting new venture uh, between the two of you. And for Cleveland Clinic, you're heading up this venture. Want to tell us a little bit about it? We've been working together for, for five years or more. And we realized that we bring complementary capabilities, but shared passion to really find new ways to bring the best of care to people. In this partnership, one of the parents, I don't want to say father or mother, is a plumber. That would be American Well. I mean, we created pieces of technology that connect consumers to providers, that connect devices, electronic medical record, connections to health insurance companies, payment mechanisms, and lots of other things that allow for different players around the ecosystem to basically be aligned and focused on the goal of improving uh, outcomes. We realized that by merely connecting all the pieces, you don't always create the right result. And what's missing is clinical innovation. What's missing is if you go to the brightest doctors around and say, if you had all those capabilities, how would you use them in order to treat patients in a better way? And luckily, people at the Cleveland Clinic said, we think we can help. And not only that, we actually want to invest significantly many resources, capital and otherwise, in order to spend this and make it our day job, our focus, our future. And we were like-minded. And we also believe that you can't really do that as a normal strategic partnership. We need to do it to go one step further and created the full-fledged independent uh, company. You know, there are two general groups of uh, companies or uh, camps that are trying to deliver the holy grail of telehealth, which is ease and convenience with quality. And that would be academic health centers, and then there are technology provider companies. So the goal of this joint venture is to bring both a world-class technology leader and vendor and join it with a world-class brand of healthcare delivery like Cleveland Clinic. We think we uh, have created the proper entity to deliver both convenience and quality to patients around the world. So our first product is uh, Second Opinions. So for instance, you, you may have had a local cardiologist, your family doctor diagnose you with heart failure. This would be a way to get a Cleveland Clinic remote second opinion on your heart failure and your treatment uh, strategy. We know that 26% of the time diagnoses for complex conditions are incorrect. The diagnosis is wrong, and very, very frequently the treatment plan is either not up to date or the patient isn't being offered a research trial that they may benefit from. So this is our first product line is really allow patients from around the world to reach us for another opinion on their diagnosis and their treatment plan that they have in place. That's incredibly exciting. And when you think of it in terms of getting the masses to engage with the healthcare system so that they can be in front of acute illnesses. Um, you call it the democratization of, of healthcare. Yep. How is that approach kind of being tackled? You know, the technology is one element and the how you use it is, is yet another. One of the greatest promises of this new emerging technology is not only overcoming distance. The great opportunity, for example, is not only to have more information, but to have best practices disseminated in a very democratic way. If I live in a small town and I have aortic dissecting aneurysm, the chances of me surviving it statistically are not very high. 
If I happen to do it in Peter Rasmussen's OR, my chances are dramatically higher. And while that example may or may not be relevant in some cases, it's safe to assume that some of the best practices available in the best academic medical centers could be available to every single patient around the world, not only in the United States. In fact, we could actually export this intellectual property to make people around the world better, and that's truly phenomenal. So something that is often misdiagnosed was now very easily diagnosed, and in that case, we prevented people's death or life in a wheelchair, which is very, very dramatic. So there is a real distinction between building the infrastructure that will connect all the fantastic players in healthcare. We're not trying to replace anyone. Just take the best one and allow them to interact in a new way and the impact that this is going to have on the outcomes, on the cost of care, on the value of care. What brings us together is that Cleveland Clinic is a phenomenal clinical institution with unmatched track record of innovation. We have one last segment that we call, if you remembered one thing, uh, where we ask our experts to reflect on that one key takeaway that you want those listeners to remember out there. What would yours be? Well, when you look at revolutions, people tend to look at the masses, at the millions of people. And when I look at our little revolution and our story, I remember people. It was always one girl or one guy that made all the difference. So one of them is sitting with us today. So when we came to Cleveland Clinic many years ago, it was Peter's bright eyes that says, I think I can do something. And now everybody thinks it's obvious. So I'd like to thank all those courageous people for making this revolution. And much more importantly, encourage any one of the listeners to say, don't wait for others to do this. Do it yourself, dare, and one person can make a huge impact. I think patients should be proactive in their approach toward uh, telehealth or digital health and recognize and understand that most of the care that they're going to be receiving uh, can be done digitally and that they should be seeking that kind of care out. They shouldn't be afraid of it. Well, when you dare to risk, like both of you wonderful gentlemen here, we get incredible innovative technology. And this is so exciting what the future of healthcare is going to be for all of us as patients. Uh, we thank you and we thank everyone out there for listening. Please join us for our next episode, Precision Medicine. And if you like Caring for Tomorrow, please rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.